the Wiggly Podcast. The Archers, but real. Welcome to Wiggly Podcast, and what a lucky guy I am today. I'm joined by Rachel. Hello, Rich. Hello, Rach. Farmer Phil. Hello. And last but by no means least, young Alison. Hello. Hiya. It's great to see you guys, and we've got some really interesting things to talk about today. We have, Rich. We've got some goodies on the table. Yep, we have. We have. And um, Phil, I've noticed some interesting goings on in the house. There's, uh, it, it appears that there's a bit of money being spent on the, on the house. <laughs> a subsidy is particularly good this year. <laughs> well, no. Has subs- the public purse been particularly kind to you <laughs> Subsidies are declining, <laughs> but the price of wheat is going up. But no, it's really that, that age-old thing that because this house is rented, but in an ideal world, we expect to live in it for a considerable length of time to come. Yeah. You know, normally, one would consider doing up one's own property and enhancing its value by doing that. Well, we don't have that option. No. So at some point, and it's sort of fairly long gaps between it, we decide that we have to sort of brighten the place up a bit. So we've got ADA on full building action. He's repaired the hole in the ceiling where the water yes, tank leaked. And the, the ceiling is no longer hanging ominously above the, above the hallway as you walk in. We've harvested the mushrooms that were growing out of it. <laughs> and so, yes, we're putting one or two things to rights. A lick of paint that should keep it somewhere near for the next 20 years. Don't aim to use too much paint, you know. No, no, no. No, I, I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't go... Uh, well, I thought it was overboard. quite interesting was that Heather goes out of the door on her Nuffield trip to America yeah. and says, right, that this, that and the other is going to happen and we're going to paint this, that and the other and the rest of us are live, left living in a building site while she's swanning around the hotels <laughs> of yeah, yeah, she, Western California. Yeah, there's no flies on Hev. She's a very shrewd operator. <laughs> I've, I've come to realise this. And you, more than most, should know that by that <laughs> So what else have you been up to anyway? I mean, it's a beautiful day out there. You know, we've got a fantastic sunny autumn. It is day. a glorious day. We, we've just had a spell of extremely frustrating weather. It must be the best part of a week where we've had this sort of persistent drizzle and cloudy murky yeah. damp yeah. dank horrible conditions and yeah. we're planting at the moment and obviously that is a complete nightmare because the soil gets wet and it won't dry okay um but having said that we're, we're getting on all right the ground is very what we call tight right the rain the heavy rain earlier on in the year it would have it's compacted is the wrong word it, it's bashed it down and it's proving very hard to work we're using a lot of metal and a lot of diesel right to get it freed up and we're suffering well we're broken down as we speak yeah we're getting quite a lot of metal fatigue in some of the equipment because of the considerable forces involved okay but so the best time just, spent welding and whatnot yeah it's just a consequence of the sort of rather unusual weather patterns this year yeah yeah um but it, it'll come right and it, i mean actually having worked the ground it, it's in good nick and this is where having a, a decent soil structure really pays because although the, the weather has banged it down it comes up and it breaks you'll see the fields where the soil structure is not so good and it's ploughing up in tombstone sized lumps right which right. are an absolute nightmare ours is, is nice and broken nice tilth and that's by virtue of how we've treated it for the last 10 years 
you know, you can see the fields that have been abused. You can see the little areas in ours. Some of the places where we took the combine when it, the, the soil was wet, you can see the combine marks up, up the field, the compaction there, and that'll take 12 months to sort itself out. Right. So we've got that, and we've got the joys of blue tongue and continued foot and mouth action, yeah. thanks to DEFRA. Yeah, That's yeah. quite a because there's not a lot we can do about blue tongue in, as farmers because it's spread by midges, which are uh, obviously a, a disease agent a, a, in a similar way that mosquitoes spread malaria. Sure. Is it's a completely fatal disease, blue tongue? About 70% of sheep that catch it will die. They die a, a particularly nasty death. Their, oh, their yeah. tongue swells and all their head swells up, oh, nice. and they get to the point that they can't eat, and they get all mucus and phlegm and rubbish. and. Yeah. If, if you leave them, they either starve to death or just die through being miserable. Right. Cattle, the figure is reputed to be less, 20 to 30% will suffer that Is it problem. treatable? Not really. You can alleviate the symptoms, but apparently you can't treat the disease. But having said that, a cow that's had blue tongue and survives then can't get it again. You know, there is an immunity system that works. Right. But it's one of a number of what we would probably in the past have called tropical diseases. Another one that people are starting to get quite worried about is African horse sickness, right. which is another absolutely appalling disease if you're a horse. You know, you, they die a most horrific death. Yeah. But they're diseases that these warm spells, that they will come to us from the warmer areas of the, of the planet, and blue tongue is an example of that. The theory is that uh, if we have a good hard winter, that will knock the midges out. Right. And so that that will fix it. Right. One of the ironies of the situation is that you can vaccinate against blue tongue, but we've got no vaccine because the lab that produces the vaccine was the lab that foot and mouth escaped from <laughs> Herbright and they shut it down. So we, they're not developing any blue tongue vaccine because they shut the lab down because foot and mouth got out of it. So you, it really demonstrates to me that our lines of defence, and this is what I actually think DEFRA, this is their job, is to sort out things like disease protection for the country and so on. This is their real remit rather than hassling the rest of us over whether our you know, margin is two metres or two metres and a half a metre. They should be sorting this out, and they haven't. It comes down to one lab, which is not biosecure, that they've had to shut down and now we're knackered. And I just think demonstrates that we're, we're pretty exposed. And yeah, whether you absolutely. get onto the subject of global warming and all the rest of it, that, that's a different thing. Right. DEFRA are not very well prepared for this, I don't think. No, I don't suppose they are for one minute. But anyway, on a more upbeat note, of course, this is the time of year. I mean, a time of year of plenty, really, right, isn't it? Yeah, it is, actually. We've and been doing some great stuff, haven't we? We've had some great conversations in the office recently about, about who's making what. And who's eating what and stuff like that, because it's, it's so fulfilling to be able to go along the hedgerows and pick lots and lots of food. Well, and it's great. Have you noticed how this, <laughs> this is the time of year, how people give each other things? So that, yes. you know, I've got a friend who I supply with a bit of wheat for his chickens and some straw, and he comes and collects, collects that, and he gives me a bottle of beer that he brews homebrew beer. Oh, right. He gives me a barrel load of damsons, because he's got a huge, and everybody's and tomatoes we've had loads of. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. everybody sort of says, I've got loads of apples, would you like some apples? And it's great, you know, there's all, all these bits of produce going around the, 
And it's fabulous. It's a great way to behave, actually, because it's so. In many respects, it's so much more rewarding to be given something that, that has meaning rather than just a few quid, you know. So it's uh, it's, it's great fun. Well, I suppose the time's gone by. This is the time when you stock up the larder and everything for winter, isn't it? Make all your preserves, your jams, your drinks and things, and store for winter. Absolutely. And your apples, they were normally stored in trays, weren't they? For winter, mm. or yeah. I, still I can them. remember yeah. putting apples out in the loft on newspaper so that they'd store through the winter time in the dark. Yeah. yeah. You know, we, yeah. Used to, we used to pick all the apples and do that, lay yeah. them out. Yeah, and squashes and uh, all those kind of things. I mean, onions are now hanging up, as are the garlic, all nice and dry mm. and ready to be picked right through the year. And, of course, I mean, pickling, I guess, and preserving of two of the main ways that we have a, a tasty treat right yeah. through the wintertime. Yeah, earlier on I just mentioned the goodies on the table. So on the table we have a selection of goodies, <laughs> haven't we, Are you going to be mum? So we, we've got homemade blackberry jam, plum jam and damson jam. But as this is one of my first efforts at it, it is of various states of runny to thick. <laughs> that, that's a very good point because having watched my mother make jam she always said that there's this product called Serto, isn't there that you can you can put setting agents in jam yeah. to make yeah. them set yeah but one it's very expensive yeah and two it doesn't add anything to the taste of it that well, the setting or not of it is down to the sugar yeah isn't it? that is an interesting point because i actually made one batch and it was so runny that you poured it out and so <laughs> and so then I bought some Serto and put it in and it was still runny and you poured it out right. but since then I've talked to a more experienced cook than myself and they say you should buy preserving sugar because that has got everything in it that you need to set the jam and so that's what I went out and did for the damson jam but not realising that the pectin level in damson jam is already there. So you don't need preserving jam so for that. Nice. So solid. that is yes. now solid in the jar. <laughs> but I'm living and learning yes. for next season. Okay. But the real point is that the taste of it has no bearing. If it's runny, all right, it's difficult to keep it on your toast. Yeah. Who cares? You just yeah. have a It's a psychological thing. Yeah. I mean, you know, when my husband opens up the pot and he pours it out on the bread... I said to him, oh, please, just put the knife in it once, just for me. <laughs> but he yeah, says, you know what, what for? The way round it, Rach, as they probably did in, in days of old, is that you should have a spoon in it, and that overcomes the problem. That's true. So I you don't got, need to worry then. I have got a very nice little jam spoon that That's I picked up at a car joke. boot sale, and I shall tell him to use that. Right, Rach, get slicing. Right, but we've get also slicing. got drinks, do we? Al, what have you brought us? Well, I brought in um, slave gin. Possibly the best bit of today. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to bring in damson gin as well, but I went to the cupboard and um, it's gone. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> so it's beaten me to it. Yeah. So, um, but this so is last year's stock, isn't it? Yeah, this is last year's. We've got um, this year's ongoing at the moment. It's just got the slaves in the jar. Um, what, how, is he, how easy is it to make slave very now. easy. What's your recipe, Al? Um, well, you just collect the slows. Um, you always wait for a frost and then go and collect the slows. There's absolutely loads this year. Have you seen loads? They are loaded. Well? The trees are loaded. Yeah. Why um, do you have to wait for a frost? 
Well, if you don't wait for the frost, you can pick them and freeze them. They always say they have to have a frost on them. Okay. Um, it's like eating Swedes, I suppose. Does that, they say, Does that mean no. you don't have to prick them? Yeah, yeah you'd have oh, to um, prick each one. Do you so want my handy hint to prick you slow? Well, I put them in the freezer and then take them back out a couple of days later and then you don't have to prick them. You don't have to prick them. Well, no. my handy hint is to use an old-fashioned cheese grater. Right. And put the slows on a kitchen service, surface yeah. and get the cheese grater on yeah. top and roll them around hey. with it. What? Tell you what, that's the first piece of, first of useful information that Phil has right. ever told me. <laughs> so go on, Al, what, so what ratios so, do you use of, of slows well, to booze to sugar? I just do it off pat, really. There are certain recipes, but I usually put about three inches of slows in the bottom of a large jar with a wide opening and fill it up with gin, um, any cheap gin will do. And then a couple, in a couple of the slows, I put a couple of the cloves that you can buy, right, right. give it a bit of twang, yeah. and then you add, um, I start by adding two ounces of sugar, and then slowly build it up, some people like it more syrupy, so I do it by taste really, not on any specific recipe, because okay. some, sometimes it would be too sweet. To yes, nice. yeah, yeah. And that's quite sweet, that one there. <laughs> so what are we going to try first, guys? Are well, we are we going to do the jam thing first? Or would it be a shame to, to kind of abuse our taste buds with bread before we slurp no. on some alcohol? I'm going to take well, Michael when over. There you go, Michael. I made some slow whiskey. So instead of really? using gin, just use scotch. Oh, that'd be quite nice. And as Al says, if you use a lot of sugar, it gets very, very sweet. Right. And so... The recipe that I'd, I'd sort of been told for slow gin was to use roughly equal volumes of slows, sugar and gin. Right, right. So that if you have a pint of slows, a pint of sugar and a pint of gin, put it all together. But that is obviously very sweet. Yeah, and nice. when the slow whiskey came out, it, it was really syrupy. Right. But then I discovered that if you add scotch back to it to taste, yeah. you can t- dry it up, if you like, Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a little mix Absol- I mean, you, you, right. you've got to like whiskey, and if you don't like whiskey, it's fairly pointless. Yeah. But it is, it's in the same realms as the Whiskey Mac, which is another yeah, yeah, drink, yeah. which is just fabulous in a hip flask. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. And I really like that. And another fabulous. little tip for you. This is great. So, when you, so you're going to be sharing this with us around Christmas time. Then. I've, never, I've never managed to. I remember when I went shooting with you that time, you didn't offer Jesus. me your hip flask at all. Well, my hip, flask has, my hip flask <laughs> has got a slight problem at the moment in as much that its stopper leaks. And so I've got a repair job to uh, do okay, on it. OK, OK. So there's nothing worse than a leaking hip flask. No. This slow gin's good for skiing in a hip flask. Yeah, yeah I bet it is. The slow gin is good for the fact that you're on a cold, snowy mountain. As regards good for skiing... Not a hope. It's useless <laughs> for skiing. Feels your confidence, there. Cheers. Okay, yeah, cheers. cheers yeah, let's have a little taste. Let's get. It's delicious. That's no, that is good. Good that stuff. Is good that stuff. is. That's very good. You can add more sugar. No, that's very good because yeah. it's not that too sweet. Excellent. I think you've, 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 you've got it right. Sometimes you swirl it there, around huh? the glass, it actually sticks to the size of the glass. Yeah. And you've added too much sugar. I'm not a fan, of liqueur, but now you've added no. more slows. No, I lost it. I've got another tip that for you. Slows. So that when you strain the slows out of the nice. slow gin, so you've got these slows and they are totally embedded with gin, if you buy a bottle of the cheapest cooking sherry you can find, you know, sweet old horrible yeah. cooking sherry which is very nearly undrinkable 
add the slows to it and bottle it up for a month mm -hmm. and then strain it off and you try that that mm. transforms ah. that sherry that's absolutely wow. superb always then. tips always tips let's get stuck into the jam well, here i go rach look, look this is, a, this, is a, see, this is how i treat oh, you i treat God, you like one of my own i'm not too much not too much butter i don't want to uh, adulterate the bread to the extent where we lose yeah. our, oh, quite our like uh, flavor of jam normally puts bread on the butter yeah you'd never guess it would you what are you trying to say? <laughs> so what are we going for first then? Let's go for the, uh, the I expect the you're a floral. <laughs> oh god, no, no. No, we've have we have better. Uh, well we have a mix of things actually. If I ever buy what is utterly butterly or something like that, Sarah says we're not eating that crap. I don't want to eat that, but So we we tend to eat butter, but sometimes, you know, if there's a two for one or something like that, then <laughs> <laughs> on our, on uh, our um, sort of talks about um, the food and farming fortnight it, I think it was Ben Gill who said to me mm. that he'd come across a number of kids who thought that margarine comes from milk I, I wouldn't be surprised yeah no it's incredible the, the, uh, the, how little some children know about stuff really and it's not just the kids in the cities either. It's the, yeah, interesting texture, this damsel jam, right? <laughs> what have we got in the yellow I thought we were going for the blackberry first. Oh, I've got damson. What's in the yellow? The, the blackberry and apple is in that, that one there. <laughs> there seems to be a bit of a labelling <laughs> issue. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, unfortunately, I was running. You have to store jam jars, of course, year on year. And this is my first attempt. And so I ran out of jam jars, and so I had to use an Uncle Ben's um, <laughs> stir-fry mix jar. I've got oh. cases of jam jars up in the loft if you want some jam oh, jars. Not to worry. Anyway, so what is this? Use, that's blackberry and apple, but you won't find any apple because the apple that I used was the wrong variety of apple. <laughs> <laughs> and so when I pour, put it out into the jam, it all floated to the top of the first jar. So the first jar's got all the apples in and the rest have got oh. none. So <laughs> Cracking texture. Though, yeah. Yeah. That's a nice one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You don't quite have to pour it, but it is still a bit... No, it's a good um, one. The, um, the damson jam, Rach, it's, um, it's very tasty. The, the, the rather kind of, what shall I say, consolidated texture belies a, a finer flavour. <laughs> <laughs> I polite. <laughs> Are you saying you want to get to it through the chainsaw <laughs> to get it out the jar? <laughs> oh, and no, the other thing, of course, good. the other thing, of course, is that damsons are really difficult to take the stone out of, mm. whereas the plums are easy. Mm. So there's no point in having a stone in jam. So it's great with the plums; they just fall out when you cut them in half. Mm. But the damsons, you can't do that, so you have to have them in there. And it said in the recipe that they would float to the top. Right. Did they, Elle? <laughs> <laughs> they stayed in there. And that, that, that's that, that's that it, I'm a, afraid. I, I remember when Sarah made some dams and jam, I said, it's got stones in still. And she just looked at me. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I, know, same, I know now. As if, say, if you say another why. thing, I'll drive this garbage knife through your neck. Mm? So which is What's a damson? Is this damson? That's damson yeah, with that's the stones damson. in. That is Sarah's finest apple and blackberry, how it should wow. look. Yes, this damson jam does a good job at supporting the, the jar, so, doesn't it? Um, mm. Is this one I've tried that oh, one? Yes. That plum is beautiful. Is that, are those your plums, Rach? Um, your, no, they're not, they're not our plums. I don't know where I got the plums from. She's scrumping. Again, somebody gave us She's been gave gave swiping on those last full mm. moon. She's out, mm. out there. Mm. Now, this is... Uh, this is Sarah's, is it? That's, that's Sarah's. These damsons, yeah. were they John Alcock? Or somebody no, else's? they were my dad's. Picked up... Owen's damsons. Picked out of the loader of the tractor. <laughs> now, this With a is. Spud um, box this on is the front. That's not very health and safety, is it? No, it wasn't. No, no absolutely. <laughs> That's in the realms of Richard's mm. ladder work. It is. Mm. Mm. 
Yeah, of course, this time last year, I was uh, in hospital. <laughs> you were, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Passing All right. it on to Michael there. Plum jam gone to Michael. I have to say, the damson and the plum jam, exquisite. This is good. This one here, I'm not convinced about. <laughs> what is that one? <laughs> that's the strange. This is, this is, the, uh, this is the, the blackberry and apple. Mm. Where the, the blackberry. Oh, I like that one. Oh, like yeah, that's yeah, really that's nice. Right. Yeah. Mm. I like Sarah's one too. Mm. I was really lucky to bring that this morning because I said, "Can I take some jamming, please, Sarah?" And she said, "No," because everybody'd just be sticking their knives in the jam jar and they'd be full of all sorts and drooling everywhere <laughs> and things like that. <laughs> I don't know, no, just, no, I'll just take a bit. Have you been telling tales about us and our meeting habits to yeah. a good lady wife? <laughs> I might not entirely look the part all the time, but I don't dribble in things when I'm told not to. No. <laughs> oh, that was fabulous. That was a lovely, uh, that is lovely jam. I mean, you know, if you went into a shop and bought a jar of jam, any of those jams, then you'd be chuffed to bits at the mm. fact that you bought it, wouldn't you? Yeah, and they are... Gorgeous. I know the, the sugar's expensive, but you everything else is free, really, isn't it? I mean, yeah, a little bit of effort, but generally speaking. Year, well, the great the thing about is, those uh, jams, I know you say the sugar's expensive, mm. but with Borton jams, you've got all those preservatives and added bits that yeah. we don't fully understand in them. Yep. You know exactly what's gone into those, yep. and they taste better for it to me. Yeah. Well, cost-wise, I suppose you pay, what, 80, 90 pence for a jar of jam? Yeah. And you can make six or eight jam jars for that. Right. So Richard's right. pricked his ears up yeah. for that. Yeah, yeah. 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 he's now. <laughs> and the slow gin is just something else. And the slow gin is sublime. Man, it mm. really is. Superb. Mm. Well, I think that's a wrap, guys. Yeah, brilliant. So, until next week, it's bye from me. And it's bye from me. Where's that slow gin, now? And uh, it's bye from me. <laughs> right in front of me. <laughs> and, and when I pick myself up off the sofa after the gin, <laughs> off the floor. bye from me. Bye bye. <laughs>